tuned in to the Cosmic Combos Podcast, your number one source for accurate, relevant, and thought-provoking astrological conversations in the podcast nation, the place where stars and minds align. Peace. You are now tuned into the Cosmic Convos Podcast. I'm your humble host, Heru, and we got our good brother here, Brother Ra. How you doing? All right, brother, you know, same old same, taking it a day at a time and enjoying life. What about you, Ken? Hey, man, I'm on that, I'm on that same vibe, man. You know, like I said, you know, trying to make today better than yesterday and, you know, Trying to get, trying to get like you, man. Trying to get closer to my brother, man. Trying, trying to get a little. Get, you ain't too far behind, King. You ain't too far behind. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, but before we get too far, um, I want to remind you all to make sure you like, subscribe, and share this episode, share this podcast as his whole catalog with your peoples, with all your friends, and everything like that. Because we, you know, we're trying to take this thing to the next level. Um, make sure you do that. And then the next thing is, um, this episode was brought to you by Push It Forward Media Group, Calaprucia Astrology, and our good people over there on Patreon. Big up to the patrons. Big up to the patrons, man. They, you know, man, they they always have great suggestions, ask great questions, you know what I mean, stuff like that. And um, you know, we definitely appreciate everything you guys bring to the table, all your contributions and your support. Um, but as far as us, you can find um this podcast on Instagram at Cosmic Convos, Convo, Cosmic Convo. That's C-O-S-M-I-C-C-O-N-V-O. Right, you can find us at that handle on Instagram. Um, you can find Push It Forward at P U S H I T F W D on Instagram, and you can find us at that same spelling on pushitforward.com. Um, there you can get your chart. You can find this podcast. Um, you can get to all the different, you know, locations that we're, you know, um, broadcasting, publishing this podcast or whatnot. So definitely check us out there. Uh, Brother Ra, how can the people get a hold of you? Uh, hit me up via Shechem Ra on IG or Facebook, or you can get at me at Astrology at gmail.com. Indeed. Nice and sweet. Nice and sweet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, it, it, you know, for all, all y'all who hit us up on the DMs, like, how can I get a consultation? That's how you do it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Shoot them an email or whatnot. But um, good deal. Good deal. So we finally made it, man. We're a little late this week. But we finally made it to episode 25 of season three, the season three finale. Shout out to us. <laughs> Indeed, man. You know, it's episode 75. Boom. You understand what I'm saying? How you feel about that, Rob? Man, it's a beautiful thing. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Who would imagine we'd be here three seasons later? Right from that initial conversation that we had, just to say, man, let's go ahead and get it started. It, it's amazing. And time flies, you know. Time flies when you're having fun, man. Exactly. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah, man. So this is a good milestone for us, man. And, uh, you know, it's, it's only going to get better. You know, um, we got some, some good things coming up for y'all in, you know, uh, season four jumping off and stuff like that, you know, so we got some, some, you know, new things we're going to try out and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, we are trying out one thing here, you know, um, this is actually a live episode. We do this live for the patrons, but you know, it's, 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 it's all the way live right here. So we might, you know, toy with this, you know, in season four, I don't know. We'll talk about it. See how we see how we can, um, iron it out, you know, or whatnot. But, um, you know, just, 
we appreciate everybody who stay tuned and keeping this thing going. All the new listeners, all our old listeners, our core, you know, listenership and stuff like that, man. We definitely appreciate y'all um, listening to us and stuff like that. So we definitely look forward to being able to, um, you know, be of service, you know, even more moving towards the future for sure or whatnot. Um, but, you know, I don't want to talk too much or whatnot, you know, a um, couple quick things on my end, you know, uh, you know, y'all see, I got the, the poster back there, the gentle. So we, 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 that, that short film is dropping very, very soon. Very, 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 very soon. No, I've been saying that for a while, but it's done. <laughs> it's complete right now. And um, so y'all be seeing that real soon or whatnot, you know, so, um, you know, I'm real, real excited about that. Real excited for y'all to check that out or whatnot, man. Um, Brother Rob, man, you got any announcements, anything you want to say to people before we jump into the episode? Um, Not particularly any announcements per se, anything coming down the pipe. All this, all my students kind of know what it is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, classes that are available to them. Um. But I do want to give a shout out to, you know, um, to give a RIP out to uh, a, a phenomenal musician and rapper uh, who passed today. Um, they pulled him on life, off life support, uh, I believe, earlier or uh, earlier today, right around uh, sometime this afternoon. Uh, you know, everyone knows pretty much what I'm talking about, DMX. Um, yes. Yeah. Just want to send a... You know, a spiritual shout out, you know, to the brother and definitely condolences to his family. Um, you know, it's a hard time when, you know, we have someone pass so suddenly and, you know, with so much potential and so much life to live. So, you know, definitely yeah. want to, you know, indeed, some, man. Some safe, thoughts out to the folks. Man, safe travels, man. Safe travels, man, to the brother DMX or whatnot, man. That's my, my, my Haru Clanny, man, or whatnot, man. Mm. So, you know, man, definitely, definitely, man. Blessings to him and his family for sure. Um, sure. And I know y'all going to ask. People have already asked um, about doing a show on him. Um, we're just looking at it. We have a chart, but we don't have a good time for him to really do it. Maybe we can do a show. If we don't ever get a good time, maybe we can do like a Chandra Langla show or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Possibly. Whatnot. And for those who don't know, that's when you just make the moon, wherever the moon is placed at, you make that to ascend it um, and, and approach the chart from there or whatnot, um, which is something that you do anyway, um, you know, as an additional to looking at it from just your traditional ascendant. So I don't know, maybe we explore that, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I we mean had to- and here's the thing, even from the moon right now mm-hmm. is moons in Leo. So that mm-hmm. means fourth from the moon, right? K2 is in the fourth from the moon. Mm-hmm. And the initial um, report, right? Don't know how accurate or inaccurate it is, but the consensus is to that has, that he had a heart attack. Right? Mm-hmm. And when we're looking at the moon as, or the ascendant or using it uh, from the Chandra Lagna perspective, the fourth house from the moon is also dealing with the heart. And in fact, the moon is one of the planets that uh, secondarily governs the heart, primarily the sun, but secondarily the moon does as well. And so um, it's amazing how fourth from the moon, K2 is transiting and he has a sudden heart attack, you know, from, you know, from an overdose, but um, just showing that even from that perspective, there is still some credence to what's going on. Indeed, man. Indeed, man. Or whatnot, man. Def- definitely one of one of the uh one of the best to uh to do it on the hip hop end for sure, man. So yeah, he'll be definitely missed, man, for sure. Or whatnot. Sure. All right. So um, you know, switching gears a bit, you know, um, so here with this season finale, you know, um we we we've we've touched on this. You know, um, in a general fashion throughout, you know, throughout the seasons and stuff like that. Um, Just an observation of mine. I've seen that, you know, a lot of um, black people are starting to get a little bit more serious into astrology. You know, there was a time period where it just was, you know, just a conversation piece 
and different things like that. But now, you know, you see people more interested in actually learning the science. Um, and of course, we live in the West, you know, so a lot of people are, you know, um, learning that path through the, uh, you know, Western astrology, tropical astrology path, right? Um, and they also, a lot of our people are, you know, into history and stuff like that, but they don't realize um, that, you know, we, 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 we practice a particular brand astrology. And there's, a, and there's a very specific reason why. How, how 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 did that even come about you know and um this kind of kind of sprung in my mind you know we were on clubhouse one time got in a little mini debate with someone or whatnot but um and hopefully we can we can jump off the the, the big boy but we'll <laughs> we'll see if we can get that together but um you know sprung a little debate you know about you know what you know um ancient black civilizations what kind of astrology you know, what kind of astrology they practice and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we, we're going to begin to kind of just um, set, the, set the record straight a little bit on that in this episode. I think this is a good good episode to leave y'all on, you know, for this, um, this season three or whatnot, man. So, you know, let's jump into it. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So, and whatnot, you know... And this show is not to belittle anyone's on, approach. Oh, okay. Uh, this, uh, my apologies. This this show is not to belittle anyone's approach or practice of you know of any system or um, uh, way you would like to or choose to apply. That's that's your purview. Um, however. Facts have to be stated, and it remains that there are two astrological signs in vogue today. And when I say two, there are some, of course, interlacing or overlapping um, similarities, right? Far too, far too many to explore, but there's some stark contrasts and some stark differences that separate the two and those differences are facilitated by observation right yeah you know science is what we're talking about and you know it has achieved astrology has achieved a label right as being considered pseudoscience where it has no uh there's no quote-unquote ability to rectify how a body in space can uh, verifiably affect another body in space without some type of physical interaction other than gravity yeah and so you know it's left quote-unquote to be uh, a tribe to the realm of pseudoscience but let's just for a second kind of step away from that purview or that label and really look at the word science because you know if we are practicing a science if we're looking at something that is um, verifiable or we can measure right things in regards to the science then we need to understand that we're looking at something that is observational and Science without observation is non is null and void, right? So when we begin to observe, right, to use our abilities to witness, right, and to participate in an exchange between ourselves and the and the forces that be, right, then you begin to have a relationship. There becomes there is a symbiotic, not exchange, but there is a uh, amalgamation, right, that happens when you begin to witness, right, things that happen in the sky and they literally are on the ground manifesting. So we make a connection. And that's one of our ancestors' tenets is as above, so below. Yeah. Well, you can only do that through observation. <laughs> and, you know, I am not saying what 
someone is uh, measuring, right? I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that because we can look at things from different measurements, that's that's clear. There, there's no argument there, right? Yeah. But what stands or remains standing is observation. Now everyone knows that there's that the constellations. Not everyone knows. Maybe if you didn't know, but you know now, not all constellations in the night sky are of an equidistant space. So that means yeah. that Virgo, which is 44 degrees in the sky, takes up it's the largest constellation, right? Right, uh, constellation, and then of course Pisces is is right after constellation. Pisces is massive, right? Yeah. Um, Virgo actually actually after a certain part of Virgo becomes Libra, even though the constellation itself is still Virgo. So yes observationally there are some things that we have to address to say you know what right yeah we're not seeing it in that specific band quote unquote of what we call stars but that's rare and only happens with certain certain constellations other constellations are different in yeah that you do see the planet for the most part in the backdrop or behind that backdrop of that planet you're observationally seeing right that planet in that constellation right Mm -hmm. Only with Pi only with Virgo and only with Pisces do we really get that differentiation. And that's because Aries is so small. Yeah. So let's just establish that when you're looking at the planets in the sky, right? You're looking at them in relation to, right, not only the constellations and the stars, but also in relationship to a point that we establish as zero, right, which is called a Nyanamsha. Yeah, and an Ayanamsha is the way that sidereal astrologers determine zero degrees Aries, in order so that we can start the chart at a specific position and gain understanding of where we begin to measure. Yeah, the difference in in tropical is that they don't have a point that they start at; they pick an arbitrary, non-observational point by which to make their measurements, which is March twenty-first. Mm -hmm. We can't see a March 21st. That's an arbitrary manifestation. But what we can do when we use this science and we're using an Ayanamsha or a point in space that is determined from another point. And there are different Ayanamshas. There are different points that people use to make the space relative. Usually they're very close, right? So they're going to differ within about a degree. Right, maybe two, right, depending, but nonetheless, that small variance is really nil when you're understanding that we're using it in comparison to what's actually in the sky. We're using the stars, so to speak, to make our judgments about the placements of planets. So, if we're using our eye. We're witnessing it. We're literally seeing it, right? When you come back to right reality, when you begin to scribe, right, or write what you've seen, you have to observe that this is the planet is in this portion of the sky, not another position, not another portion. So now, since we have some established understanding that this is an observational science, right? Observation is the key. So, prior to, right, the advent of um, Western, ast Western astronomy, right, slash astrology, because remember, they were sister sciences in ancient times. There was no separation. There's a separation because we're dealing with it. This knowledge has been filtered through a being, right? And here we go, <laughs> right? Who's third eye blind, right? And so when you're third eye blind, right, things are distorted, right? One, you see one thing and it becomes two, right? So when you see a nation, right, you see two instead of one. When you yeah. see 
right? When you see God, you see two instead of one, right? When you see male and female, you see two instead of one. This is the, the theme, right, that is being run when the type of mindset that has bequeathed to us tropical astrology, right, mm -hmm. has misunderstood that there is a connection between observation, astronomy, and astrology. They're one. Yeah. So, you know, when you have a being that separates church and state, male and female, right? Right, he separates parent and child, right? He separates the youth from the elderly, right? Mm -hmm. This is the nature. Right? Good book to read is Urugu, right, by Marimba Ani. And she talks about in the book Marimba Ani, which is a great classical read. I mean, if you call yourself any type of Afrocentric, Afrocentered, or even wanting to explore African culture, that is an excellent book to read because she begins to change your mind about how to perceive, right, through an African lens versus a European lens. And when I say lens, the word she uses is a sealy, which is the seed kind of the thought process behind, right, the essence behind how a, a group of people do things. Mm -hmm. And so the Asili that, or the, uh, process by which, you know, individuals from a colder, more darker, or less sunlit region begin to process things from a point of view where it's objectified. Mm -hmm. That there's no interrelationship between spirit and matter. Right. And so when we go down that road, there's a host of things that unfold right, from this objectification mindset. So when we approach the science of astrology, and it is a science, right, it's just like the weather, right, right, meteorology is what they call it, right? Yeah. But meteorology <clears throat> is not a perfect science. No, it's, it's a probabilities. Science of probabilities. Yeah. Right. So what we're doing is the same thing from a different, larger framework. Yeah. Right. Just predicting the probabilities, right? I tell my students, when we read astrology, and when you learn this astrology, there's three levels, really four, but three, right? And this is, this is when you begin to understand how confluence works, right? Mm -hmm. Astrology never works without a... Um, understanding the principle of confluence. So one is a seed. One, a seed is something that is planted, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to take root or it's going to germinate or grow. Right? Yeah. So, you know, once the seed has been planted, will it germinate, right? Well, in the chart, you can see, right, right if the seed is going to germinate. Once it's germinated, we call that a possibility. Mm -hmm. Right, there is a possibility that this will happen. Right, once that seed now has taken root and germinated and grown and rooted, now we say there is a probability. Right? You know, and, and the, the truth is, and I think you know, a lot of people not to get too off track, but a lot of people, you know question like why do we even need to learn math or calculus or these levels of science what you learn right because you know my, my training day training uh my side full job <laughs> is, is, a, is, a, is an engineer right the higher up in science and math that you go the more and more it's probabilistic it's no it it, 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 it everything you do is within a probability so that's not a foreign thing you know what I mean? It's not, it's not, it's not exact. They teach it to you that way at first so you can learn it, right? But once you start applying it to actual real life situations, it's a probability. You understand There's what I'm saying? There's always variables. Exactly. You know? And so those variables come in this, the form of people taking actions, right? People, there's things that are beyond our 
cognizant understanding there's just more to it than what we see in the sky but we can predict with a degree of accuracy 75 Mm -hmm. to 80% of what will happen. And given that 20 to 25% of the variable, right. Leaves you what you call your will. Yeah. Right. I think we've touched on it a little bit, Yeah. but when we get to the point of probability, right. Mm -hmm. We've come from a potential to a possible to a probable, right. Mm-hmm. Once we get to the fourth level, right, you can pretty much put a stamp on it, right? It's going to happen. So this is all through observation. This is not something that we do arbitrarily or we guess. Mm-hmm. And when you feel solid enough by observation, right, because then you begin to see that there's a direct connection. It's not, you know, And I don't want to say that Western or tropical doesn't, but when you begin to do it enough to where it almost is if you're watching a clock and all you're doing is just saying, you know what, I know what the clock, I know what's going to happen at this time because this has already been set back here, right? It's it's almost like watching a ball drop. That's exactly how it is, right? You're just watching something, boom. Right. When we talked about earlier, right, that Mercury aspecting the moon, right? I didn't even have I already knew. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew before I looked. Mm-hmm. Right. It that's the that's the it, that's the beginnings of intuition. Right. Remember, you know, and what we study and practice, you know, on certain levels of consciousness. Right, certain vehicles of consciousness. When we look at when we talk about destiny, right, mm-hmm. it's married to the will of God. It's one and the same. There's no difference. One yeah. side destiny, you see patterns. Right, mm-hmm. if you see patterns long enough, you begin to intuit the will or the in the indwelling working of something moving that thing. Right, yeah. then the, the epiphanies pop up. Boom! This is going to happen. So it's literally through observation over and over and over and over and over. And literally when I go outside like tonight and it's probably what a little late your time, a couple of your hours ahead. So Mars is just set right now. Mars just set where you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And still I can go out and see it where I am right now. But Mars, you will look literally, you can go out of your, where you are is clear. You can see Mars is right at the tip of the bull's horns. Right. It's right between the bull's horns, right between them. So I can go out and see it. Then when I come back in and I choose to engage something in a computer or in an ephemeris or on paper, I don't have to now. It's it's like a clock. Now it's in my mind. Now it's automatic. And I become one with it. Now I'm actually moving with it. But that's only through observation. No tropical astrologer can do that. Now that is something I will bet. I will pay a. I will pay you twenty thousand dollars if you can take me outside and show me what you see in tropical in the sky. You can never do it, ever. Well, right. uh, it, not not to be a uh, <laughs> like again how you said it. You know, first we're not trying to disrespect anybody or nothing like that. No, not but, not at all. But, right. but what I what I've heard from tropical astrologers is that um, that's not what they're trying to do anyway. They don't that, that they they <laughs> that's not they, like that's not what they're saying. Like they it doesn't um what's the word? I forgot the word that they use for it, but they 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 kind of have structured the way that they present tropical astrology in a way to make it that what's actually happening in the sky is not what they're measuring. And I would agree. Yeah, exactly. And at that point, <laughs> then we would digress <laughs> to say what you are doing is not astrology. It's a different thing. It's not a, because we're, because when we say, when we say astrology, we're saying the logic of the stars, right? The logic of the cosmos. So if we're, if we're saying stars, I need you to show me the star you're looking at and not, yeah. not something that's here. Right. I need you to take me, outside like our ancestors did and this is a perfect segue right 
to really talk mm-hmm. about what your ancestors did, right? Yeah. Remember papyrus. Remember, I want you to think about something for just a moment, right? Papyrus, paper. We take this something for granted, right? It's just paper. To us, it's just paper, right? This was a hot commodity, right, in ancient times. Yeah. You didn't have paper. Everyone didn't have paper, right? If you had paper, it was made, first of all. Right? Yeah. And so for it to be made, right, and then dried, and then, of course, that whole process where you use it, and right, it, it was almost sacrimonious. It's almost sacred to a degree mm-hmm. because you're making something out of nature to record something for all time. So, you know, it, even in that, it was different. But taking into consideration, right, you didn't have the ability to write things frivolously. So where yeah. would you keep it in your mind, right? But it's only based on the things that you would observed at night because you can't see the stars in the day. So we know that's not that didn't happen, right? Yeah. Right. To get the party started, someone had to say, you know what? Sit down, look up, and measure. Right. You know, and there's <laughs> one thing that like it is kind of an a something and you 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 tell me if this, you know, example makes sense to you. Um some years ago when I was just thinking about astrology, the thing that came to me was like it's almost like the planets are like eyeballs, right? And like the constellations are like shades, like glasses. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like the eyeballs is looking through the glasses and that 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 light that's coming through <laughs> the glasses mm-hmm. is is the impact of that actual you know planet being in that constellation and how it impacts you or whatnot. That's how that's how I I I made sense of it. You know what I'm saying? When I when I first kind of started, you know, studying astrology. So if you say that that doesn't matter. Then you understand what I'm saying? Like it, 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 I don't know. It's 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 weird to me <laughs> yeah. to not want to observe and be like you know. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense at all. But and I and I, and I mean that I mean that respectfully. I don't. I'm not like again. I mean that respectfully. But just that example or how I I could explain how does how does a planet impact us. Or whatnot. That's the way that I look at it. That's the way it makes sense to me. It's like the planet is looking at you through a certain lens, and through that lens, that's a different impact. When it goes over here, it's looking through a different lens. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes perfect sense, and that's exactly what we say. In fact, in this in the vernacular that we use, we call drishti. Mm. Right, drishti means glance. Right. So the planets have drishti, right? And so they look, Saturn has a drishti, right? Mars mm-hmm. has a drishti. All of them have their drishti. They have their glance, right? Yeah. So absolutely they see, right? The only one that doesn't see is K2 because it's headless, right? So when they see, right, they look out. <laughs> and when they look yeah. out, right, <laughs> they can literally peer through, right, that lens of or that, that you know, myriad of energy and then as it comes through, right, it hits you. So yeah. absolutely, that's pretty much the way we would would view it. Mm-hmm. So in that in that in that light, no pun intended, right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Um, then you begin to say, okay, you know what? If you can't take me outside and show me what it is that you're, and if you're not observing that, then we're not talking about astrology anymore. Yeah, because then we've left the stars to do something else. And so mm-hmm. that is really when we can understand that this is the form of astrology that the African descendant is designed to use, right? You know, the black man's has his own, right? And it it in what we have is the originator. Everything that comes out of that, in fact, that is how the black man does things. We originate it and then they carby copy it. Yeah. Right. We we produce KRS. They gave us Eminem. Right. Mm-hmm. We did MC Hammer. They gave us Vanilla Ice. Right. 
So, <laughs> you know, everything we do is carbon copy, right? Yeah. Think about it, right? Yeah. This is the nature of what we call culture bandits, right? Mm-hmm. They come and swoop in, right? And even the Greeks will tell you that their gods are from Ethiopia. Yeah. And Hellenistic astrology is the mother of tropical, right? Yeah. So if Hellenistic astrology or the Helen or the right the Helens tell are telling you that hey our gods are from over there. In fact, they even say that the gods have to go back to Ethiopia to regenerate their powers ever so often. <laughs> yeah. Right. See, we don't read enough and study enough about history to understand that some of the things over there were yours, just borrowed, stolen, or rehashed. I mean, and that we know that. I mean, Stolen Legacy kind of pointed that out, you know, without a doubt. But nonetheless, right, and of course, Not Out of Greece, excellent book, right? Another one. Mm-hmm. You know, we know this. This is something that's common knowledge. So if you know that the science was borrowed, right? And the Hellens, right, are the ones that even tell you that the Ethiopians, right, are where we get our gods from. You might want to go to the source instead of the one that borrowed it, because the carbon copy is going to give you the M&M version of the real, right, science. And the other <laughs> the thing, M&M version. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want the care. I want the raw I want the Philly version, right? I don't, I don't want the, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want the remix. I want the original. And so yeah. our ancestors really made use, right, of their internal um, and their internal mechanisms called the mind and the brain. Right? And think about it. Observationally, we did things that at that time, no other race, not even the Sumerians who are also coined to say that they created right astrology, not even they could make, make a building or buildings that would be oriented to the actual light path of stars. Yeah. That to me, that tells me who the originator is because if you can make a building and the building will literally capture the light that comes from a star, I think that's probably the person that, it, it engineered it, and it must have come out of that mind. I mean, it, it aligned it w- with a star at a particular time. Like, it, it, it's not <laughs> like on this date. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> right. I mean, the, the Spica, right, which is my moon star, right? This is my, my not moon nakshatra is born Chita. right on Spica, right, within less than uh, a minute. Right. Yeah. That moon being right on Spica, the star Spica is related to the goddess Manat, right, in Kemet. And so, right, they literally built a temple that would harness that light that would come through the temple and hit the back of the temple and light the back of the temple up. See, that wasn't done anywhere else. Right. A good book for you all to read, if you're interested, is called The Dawn of Astronomy, A Study of Temple Worship and Mythology of Ancient Egypt, of the Ancient Egyptians. Right, An excellent book. There's been a few counter-arguments um, by some um, European scholars, but for the most part, the study is very still very solid, and that he studied the temples and how the temples were literally aligned to stars. Though, and here's how you know we understood pr- procession, because we weren't, we didn't sit there and say, "Well, where'd the star go?" Right? We abandoned the temple when the star moved from its current position, where it could imbue the temple with light. <laughs> so, right, think about it from this perspective. And I want to make mention of something to you, right? You are melan, you know, when you are a melanated being, right? The relationship that you have with nature, right? Slash, right? Netter, right? Because netter is what our ancestors would have been one of the things that we would attribute as the divine. That's one of the names we would have used. NTR 
and N-A-T-U-R-E are the same word. You just one remove the vowels and you're left with the consonants, the same consonants. So for us, yes. nature is God. And it, and really, that's what it is, because you're a part of nature. You're not separate. So being a part of that netter, that supreme, that supreme energy that's all around us, we would literally sit at the back of the temple wall where that light would imbue right us and be able to hit us at a point where we use the starlight to gain inner access to inner realms and inner doors. Mm. Now, one of the things I'm going to read to you here, this is a study that was done, right? And what they are find what they found was there's a correlation, right, between artificial light, right, what we use right all around us in our buildings and homes, right, and a decreased melatonin output. And let's see what the study has found, right? So the study found that the, the, the disturbed sleep-wake cycle observed in patients with hospitalization is significantly correlated with, this, with decreased melatonin mel- levels and constant levels of light in patient care areas. Low melatonin levels are associated with depression, sadness, increased blood pressure, decreased immune function, accelerated cancer cell proliferation, and decreased free radical scavenging. Low light therapy may provide relief from constant lighting and resulting low light, low level uh, low low melatonin low melatonin levels. Limited evidence suggests that starlight therapy may also assist in maintaining or restoring natural circadian rhythms. Normally, rest, activity, and sleep wake cycles are controlled by an internal internal circadian clock monitored by the hypothalamus which takes its cue from the presence of light. Patients who experience circadian disturbances might be reset by low light conditions needed for starlight therapy. As as for the blue-green colors associated with starlight therapy, evidence suggests that the colors green and blue may further contribute to comfort as well. Green is associated with harmonizing effects and promotes relaxation and calmness. Green is also used to fight irritability and insomnia. Blue conveys to the uh, to the mind a state of peace. Blue asserts restfulness and contentment. And pause. These are one, some of the things that are needed for deeper levels of contemplation and high levels of med- and deep levels of meditation. To continue, blue has been shown to slow our meta- uh, meta- uh, metabolism and heart rate, and does have a calming effect. Lastly, white. Has a protective has protective qualities and can be quite powerful, which represents wholeness, cleanness, and purity. White also may help relieve negativity. Right. So this is a study going to show that the actual starlight, right, and low light levels can reset the internal clock. Now applying that to sick patients, right? That's one mm-hmm. application. Well, invert it to someone that's healthy. <laughs> Someone that's healthy yeah. is going to get higher production of melatonin, right? And let's let's sidebar for a second and diverge as well. Uh, we're going to read from a book called uh, "The African Origins of Biological Psychiatry" by Richard King, M.D. Right? Excellent book for you to have in your library. It does get deep into melanin. This gentleman uh, is an actual medical doctor. He did a lot of a lot of studies on the pineal gland and calcification and cut many cadavers open in order to see the difference between those of African descent and those of non-African descent and show that there was a correlation between those that were darker of us that had less calcification or no calcification. And there was only about 20 of us that were calcified, whereas with the other side of the study, those that were not of African descent are not melanated had a 80% calcification rate and the 20% of those were not calcified. So it's a direct inversion between the two. Yeah. Right? And so in that study, he's showing that the African natural, of course, now because we live in a society that has been bombarded by various things, many of us, even though we might be of a darker persuasion, still have some calcification involved, but you can decalcify yourself. There are ways. 
But I want to read something as far as the studies are concerned with regards to melatonin. Now, <clears throat> and melatonin, let me make sure you know, melatonin is a brain component. Melanin is in your skin, right? Melatonin is in your brain and other parts of the body where nerves exist. So melatonin, right? There are higher correlates of melatonin in the brain in darker individuals than in individuals that are lighter or considered white. So let's read this a little bit and let's talk about what the implications of having someone that is healthy, that is viable, and that understands, right, some practice of maybe spiritual science that help along the, the, the internalization process. So Dr. King writes on page, uh, excuse me, uh, 97 uh, in, in the uh, book, and I'm going to show you a little picture here. I don't know if you can, all can see it. If you look in the book, you see the picture. They have individuals. This is a comedic, This is a picture out of uh, Tutankhamun's uh, tomb, right? And so you can see right here, right, where the forehead is being imbued with what? Starlight, right? So reading, right, says recent discoveries by Western scientists have found that the pineal hormone melatonin produces extraordinary changes of mind in the mind. The magnitude of these changes is dependent upon the sensitivity of the individual. When melatonin was given to normal people, they experienced an increase in tranquility, sleep, or dreams. When melatonin was given to psychologically abnormal people, they experienced a return of depression or schizophrenia. Since sleep and dreams are the royal road to the unconscious, the manner in which the pineal produces chemical keys to unlock the unconscious, should, unconscious mind should be more apparent. And this is, I want to make this key point. Most importantly, the uraeus or pineal relationship to skin color is found in the pineal hormone melatonin released during darkness. Melatonin is also a hormone that controls the production of melanin the black color in skin with this in mind we can perhaps we can perhaps have a greater appreciation for the african drawing of a black mummy moving into the black underworld of amenta or black chemicals unlocking the doorway to the unconscious right so showing right that your ancestors even within the picture right understood that starlight Right. Not only sunlight, starlight, moonlight has a correlative effect on the inner regions of the brain. Right? And that those of us that are darker persuasion. Right. In ancient times. Right. Considering. Right. Are we're unlocking keys and gates. Right. Here's the one to consider. The word for star in Kemet is Sabah. Right. The word for door in Kemet is Sabah. And the word for teacher in Kemet is Sabah, right? So literally, we understood that doors, right, and stars are doorways, right, to unlock secrets or hidden aspects of the mind. And so as a proud black man, right, who has been honored to be able to observe what is in the heavens and manifest on earth, you begin to understand that those meditations that our ancestors were doing back in those ancient times were, that's what we were doing when we, that's what we had to do in order to unlock the secrets of stars that didn't make a, make sense when you just look them in a nice sky, but created a pattern, right, from those stars. And then over time, those same observations at night, Right. With yeah. no ephemeris, no paper. Right. Meditating on imbibing and imbibing that light and gaining insight and unlocking keys. Right. To the messages that were being by the uh, via the messages that were being conveyed from starlight and from the, the light above that's above. So literally, this is the, the science of your ancestors. Right. This is how your ancestors were able to create astrology, were able to create the understandings and the inner pinnings of signs, planets, and placements, right? So 
right? This is not done by a, and I don't want to say it don't want to be disrespectful, but from a tropical mindset, there's no way this could have been done. Well, one, one, one thing, I mean, you want any evidence that exists that contribution still exists today with the Dogons, right? Well, we, I, you took the words right out of my mouth, right? Yeah. Perfect example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, you know, I mean, they, they, they was like, how, how did you know this star that you can't see? We hadn't invented a telescope that could see it yet. You can't see it with the with the naked eye. How'd you see this, this so-called Sirius B? <laughs> or that well that they they, they you know and knew there was a Sirius C too. Yeah. How? And that's factual. I mean, it's not. This is not conspiracy conjecture. It's not. I mean, it was somebody who tried to say that you know they, you know. Um, got it from it was ridiculous you know what i mean they they, they right. knew about it before they knew about it they didn't believe them until they saw it themselves <laughs> years later, how many you years know later we didn't know oh yeah right. <laughs> tropical astrologers ask yourself that how do they know something we don't know right because this is something that is that this is the way it was intended to be practiced you don't build a temple you don't build a myrrh all right Right. Some people call them different names. I I know them as myrrh, right? What you call pyramids, right? They're not Aku. They're called myrrh, right? But the myrrh, right? How do you build a tube inside of a building, massive building that points to us, not only one, four stars within, I mean, airline precision. When you look out the shaft, the starlight is coming right back at you. Yeah. You don't do that with tropical. You just can't. It doesn't work. You can't see it. You would be, you'd have to, the temple will be off. Everything will be off. So again, just showing that your ancestors made sure that you understood that starlight, right, was the intended, right, the intended point that we look to starlight. Sirius is a star. Right, the shaft points to a star. It doesn't point to an arbitrary point in space. Yeah, right. Because if that's the case, then we would literally, if we use the Western map, we'd be looking at an empty space because the star is no longer there. It's twenty three degrees, twenty four degrees away. Right. So you see what I'm saying? Like this is when you begin to understand that your ancestors had something, right? And what we had. Again, right? No disrespect, but carbon copies, right? When you get a little mm. bit of knowledge, it becomes what they say dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> right? So, I mean, you, you it's 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 the whole premise of the society that we built, right? I mean, we just you know they they like even to this day, you know what I'm saying? When you go to certain areas, you know, you go to black countries. There's a level of leisure we like to enjoy in, in, in regards to just it's we didn't live we didn't we 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 accomplished a lot but we didn't do it by you know like mm-hmm. hustle bustle hustle bustle hustle bustle we we didn't do it that way you understand what I'm saying we didn't mm-hmm. want to build a society so we have to work harder we wanted to make things easier <laughs> you understand easier. what I'm saying so you can right. so you can have time to observe the stars. And observe how this impact this and that and that. In this society, that's what I mean. That's one of the biggest gripes that people say. Like, you know, I don't have time to do any of that. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta pay this and pay that. I don't have time to observe these things. And that's a clear distinction. We we didn't build societies that way. <laughs> you know, to where you had to be. You know, there was a season where you probably did work a little harder than that, but it was other seasons where you you pretty much. Relaxing, you understand what I'm saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatnot. So that that's another evidence point. You know that that if you go, you study history of Europeans. They've always built societies that were that are similar to kind of how we function today. Some level, you know, what I mean, there's differences, but there's some level of that the, the capitalistic mindset is, Control. is there. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And control is bred out of fear, right? Yeah. 
So it's right, fear-based, right? Because, you know, if you're constantly on living on a borrowed time, right? Remember, you could go out and wasn't nothing to get food, right? The Nile would you drop a seed, right? Boop, right? It's gone. It's growing, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the fertility of the land, right? And remember, the alluvial soil of the Nile has shrunk, right? It's... It's gotten narrower. So it used to be a lot wider. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, and this is just the Nile Valley. We've got Uganda. We've got Congo. We've got, I mean, all that through that region in the way the Great Lakes are is like paradise. You know, you drop a seed, it grows. Nothing, you, you don't have to do any real hard planting and harvesting. I mean that comes yeah. later, but even with the Nile, you're still so so fertile, right? You really didn't have to. You just tilled the land, you dropped it in, you kept it pushing, and you had food, right? Mm -hmm. Compare that to the opposite, where you got to get a potato, you might find a carrot, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a beet, right? Nothing yeah. green, right? No yeah, food. I mean. You see what I'm saying? The, the mindset, right? So, yeah, who cares about those stars? Whatever, star smart, right? Yeah. Let's, what's on this paper? Got to get this paper. Yeah, got to get that. <laughs> and look, it's all about the paper. Right? <laughs> and the paper, right? I'm not saying, right? You know, the night yeah. of the sky is black and the paper is, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, indeed. Well, you know, with that being said, um, you know, this episode was brought to you by Push It Forward Media Group, Calaparusha Astrology, and our good people over there on Patreon. Big up to y'all. Indeed, indeed, man. You know, um, I think that was a that was an excellent episode or whatnot, man. And you know, and, and like I said, man. This this shows for everybody. Tropical astrologers, white, black, Indian. It's for everybody, or whatnot. But we are black people, and we just you know this is our view. This is what we bring to the table. That's a little different than some of the other people out there. You know, it's not a lot of. I think honestly, I know two other prominent black sidereal astrologers, or whatnot. You know, and big up to them, man. Big up to, um, you know, Darren and uh, the People's Oracle. They're, they're, you know, big big up to them and whatnot, man, or whatnot. But those are the only other two um, prominent black sidereal astrologers. And then there's a, a lot of different, you know, tropical ones or whatnot. But that's why we approach the subject that way. You understand what I'm saying? We talk about, you know, ancient black history and different things like that, because that's our culture. You know what I'm saying? It was not trying to exclude anybody or disrespect anybody or nothing like that, but we just want to, um, you know, make that clear or whatnot. So, you know, this is for everybody or not. So um, here we are. We wrapping up season three or whatnot. We'll probably take a, you know, maybe a week or something like that off or something like that, get planned up. And stuff like that. And, you know, those of y'all who are in the Patreon, hit us up. Hit us up. I really, really want y'all to hit us up. Give us some show ideas, some things that you want to see next season and stuff like that. Even some formatting things, you know. Um, one of our patrons is the reason why we play the um, the intro song at the end now. <laughs> right? You know, that was a suggestion. So we, we included it. So that's why I said, you know, we want this show to be interactive we want you to, you know, be a part of it and, you know, help us make it better. You understand what I'm saying? Or whatnot. So, um, you know, uh, Rod, you got anything you want to say before we officially close out? No, it's been a great season. It's been great suggestions, great questions. Um, a lot of things that we really uh, learned throughout this season. So things are going to get better next season. We're really looking to get some big stuff going on hopefully have some names that you all will really be like, wow, this is special. So be looking forward to next season because it's just going to get better folks. Right. And go back and listen to the old shows, right. Go back and check them out because a lot of the things that we talk about now, we mentioned previously. So 
know, definitely don't sleep on the old ones. And with that, just say thank you for the, the support, the patronage. And, you know, we look forward to bigger and better things. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So with that being said, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Um, this has been the season finale for season three. <coughs> what not? Episode 75 overall. And, um, you know, you guys be safe out there and we'll be back season four. All right. So we're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you.